Good morning, New Beginnings Christian Community Church family and friends. Welcome to our Resurrection Sunday service. My name is Pastor Alfredo Peña, and I am excited that you are joining us this morning. Why is the Easter Sunday service so special for us? It's not about what we're going to do here, but why we are here. Because Easter is a celebration of the real heart and core of what the Christian faith is all about, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is what sets us apart from all the other religions out in the world. It is that our Christianity, our religion, is the only one that celebrates the empty tomb. You know, the struggle that we have, as I mentioned last Sunday, and then most pastors have on, on these special um, services, is that it is a, a celebration, it is a scripture, it is a sermon that we preach on Sunday after Sunday. And so some of the times the struggle is, how do we make this different? How, how do we make this fresh? So that those people that have been sitting in the pews for years, that have heard this scripture, that know the story, will, will, will not say, yeah, yeah, I know, I've heard it all. And so the struggle is, how do we find a fresh approach? How do we make this different? And, and in all honesty, I think this year, um, the struggle uh, wasn't so difficult because the situation is different. You know, this is the first Sunday, Easter Sunday, that I can think of in where um, our sanctuary is not full. This is normally when we would have to bring extra chairs because um, we would overflow. It's the first Sunday in where we're not out celebrating um, with our families or planning barbecues. If you're in San Antonio, um, you would just have to drive by the parks yesterday and you would see that people are already reserving their spots for their Easter picnics. So it is different this year. But I also think it's a good thing that all those distractions have been removed and now we can celebrate Easter um, the way it should be and make it about the resurrection of Christ. I was remembering a story in where I was in a gathering with friends. This is years ago when I had just started coming back to, to church. And we're talking about doing uh, planning the following weekend. Uh, and it was going to be planning for Sunday. And, and they asked me if I would come. And I said, well, I go to church in the morning. Um, but then after that, I can meet with you guys. But I said, but, you know, why don't you come to church with me? I think you would enjoy it. And they said, well, you know, maybe maybe we could. And then one of um, the people that was there said, well, isn't next Sunday Easter Sunday? And I said, yeah, in fact, it is. And he said, well, we can't go to church on Easter. That's when we go to the park. And I thought, how interesting to say we cannot go to church on Easter because that's when we go to the park. Somewhere down the line, I think we lost the meaning of what Easter is about. The interesting thing is that here we are years later and we're saying we're not going to church this Easter because of this pandemic. But the reality is, the, the good news is that Easter is not about the building and the service is not about worshiping inside a building, but of why we're doing it and who we are worshiping and, and why we're even coming together. I read this week, somebody said, the churches will be empty this Easter Sunday. But that's okay, because we're celebrating the fact that the tomb was empty on that Easter Sunday as well. So we're excited um, that we're able to come to this celebration in a new way, in a better way. The scripture reading for today is in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. 
And it says this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clapped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Let us pray. Most living and living God, we thank you for this day. And we ask, Holy One, as we come to you, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. I ask that you make me small this morning so that your word and your message may be magnified. And then you remove any gaps between your will and my words this morning. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I read a story this week about a mom that was reading a bedtime story to her little girl. And, and she thinks maybe it was the Christmas story. And she says that she tells the little girl, and the angel said, do not be afraid. And she said the little girl, who was probably about five years old, said, Mom, why do the angels always say, do not be afraid? And she said, I paused for a moment and I thought, you know what, that is true. Many times in the scriptures, we see the angels when they're talking to somebody saying, do not be afraid. Even Jesus himself says, do not be afraid quite a few times. In fact, fear not is the most repeated command in the Bible. In fact, it has been said that there are 365 fear nots in the Bible. One fear not for every day of the year. So, Today, as we approach the scriptures, we approach this Easter Sunday, as we approach Resurrection Sunday, let's, let's approach it with that freshness, that, that there is no reason for us to be afraid, and that we need to be reminded of that 365 days a year. Um, we need to be reminded of that every year. But I think this is where I, we need to be honest. My first life application point this morning is more of a question, really. Are you afraid? You know, the root cause to be for people that have fear is change. Because, because it's a, the fear of the unknown. And, and we can approach change in two different ways. You know, I'll be honest, um, I don't necessarily jump on the change bandwagon right away. It takes me a while to um, accept um, change. But this is the one thing that I can tell you about me. Once I accept change, once I know that change is inevitable, then I'm all in. You know, I, I jump in and I, and I see it as, you know, a new beginning. In fact, the title of my sermon this morning is, Thank God for New Beginnings. 
And so whenever I am in that place in my life where change is inevitable, my response is, let's do this. You know, it's, it's an opportunity to start fresh. It's an opportunity to wipe the slate clean. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, kind of age myself here to let you know how old I am. I don't know how many of you remember that toy that was called Etch-A-Sketch in which you would kind of play with it and you would try to design something with these two buttons. But then at some point, you know, it didn't look like you wanted it to look and, and it just, you know, didn't make sense. And you're looking at it and you're saying, oh my God, that's what, what was I trying to do? And what I loved about that toy is that you just got it and you shook it up and everything just disappeared and it became fresh and brand new again. And, and, I, and I think that is my approach to change sometimes. It is, it is that sometimes, you know, it depends on where you are in your life, but, but you might be looking at it and saying, oh my God, wh wh where am I? That is not where I was supposed to go. That is not what I was supposed to do. This is not how I was supposed to look. And what I love about this story is that it starts off with saying that there was an earthquake and, and it was shaken. And it shook the earth enough to be able to roll away that stone. And so my invitation to you this morning is to look at change and not be afraid of it, but actually welcome it and look at it with fresh eyes as a new beginning. But yes, we have to acknowledge that there are those who do not like change. There are those who, who it's not that, that they can't appreciate the change. In fact, it's not even that where they are is comfortable or pleasant. It's just that that is what we know. You know, have you ever encountered someone that, that when you are trying to talk to them about there is a better way when you're trying to, to talk to them about Jesus and, and how, you know, he can just, you know, make a way where there seems to be no way and how he can just make our lives new. And they say, oh, I, I'm fine. I don't, I don't need change. I don't need Jesus. And we might look at them and say, oh, yes, you do. But there are people who change does just not come natural. There are people who, who are just afraid of change because it's, it's what they don't know. And we hear terms, we hear things like, you know, I'm just too old to change. Have you ever heard that one? Have you ever said that? I'm just too old to change anymore. You can't teach old dogs new tricks. Here's one that I used to say, and I think it's, it's funny. Have you ever heard somebody say, better the devil that you know than the devil you don't know? Isn't that crazy? Better the devil that you know. Yes, I understand this is not good. Yes, I understand this is not the right thing. Yes, I understand this is even very uncomfortable. Yes, I understand this is even painful, but better the devil I know than the devil I don't better what I know, even though it's painful, than, than what I don't know, even if the possibility of, of a beautiful change can happen. And so today is an invitation to not be afraid, not because of the devil we know or the devil we don't know, but because of the Jesus that we do know. And the Jesus that we know is alive because we know the rest of the story of the Resurrection Sunday. Early that Sunday morning, the tomb was empty and Jesus rose from the dead. And because he lives, we cannot just face tomorrow. We can be victorious tomorrow. And it is my invitation for us this morning that, that those of us that are afraid, you know, we can acknowledge it. And you know what? A fear is sometimes okay if it makes us do the right things. 
it is okay that we are afraid of this uh, pandemic, that, that it makes us do the right things. Make sure we wear our masks. Make sure we, we wash our hands. Make sure that we, that we respect social distancing, that we shelter in place. It's okay. It's, it's just a problem when we become paralyzed by it, when we, when we become paranoid by it. When, when we are afraid and, 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 and we are never meant to, to get, take fear and, and allow it to paralyze us. So my invitation to you today is to hear the angel saying today, do not be afraid because you have the rest of the story. And that is why we're here today celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here's life application point number two. The angels tell Mary and Mary, come and see and go and tell. Come and see and go and tell. What is it that they were going to tell? Well, in order for them to tell, they needed to first see. And this is what I think is important. In fact, in, in Corinthians, um, it says, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. So, so why is this moment important? Why are, are these two, the, com the, the commandment and the invitation, why are they important? Because for us today, there are still skeptics that we have to deal with. Now, this is what was happening on that day. There were two reports happening. See, at the same time that Mary and Mary saw that the tomb was empty and, and they were running to tell the disciples about it, at the same time, if you look at some of the other Gospels, the soldiers were also talking to, to the leaders and, and explaining what had happened. And they were coming up with a lie. In fact, Scripture tells us that they paid the soldiers so that they could say that the disciples had come and had stolen Jesus' body. There were two reports happening on that day. Jesus is alive, and the lie that said Jesus is dead, they just stole his body. And it's interesting that 2,000 years later, we're still faced with those same two questions. There's two reports today. Jesus is alive or Jesus is dead. Jesus has been resurrected or this whole Christianity thing is a lie. And the question for us this morning is which report do you believe? In fact, we sing that song uh, at church on Sundays. Which report, whose report are you going to believe? So let's do a little bit of Bible study this morning. Uh, let, let's do let's do a little bit of fact checking because uh, you know we, again today we still deal with those skeptics that, that will tell us you know this whole religion thing this whole Jesus thing it, it's just a fake story it's a it's an old folk tale. But let me let me tell you some information here some truths that I think are important. You know um, I have um, a very good training on how to solve crimes. I've been trained by some of the best detect detectives in New York, in fact, the NYPD. Um, well, maybe it's more of a, like an online training. Um, okay, well, maybe it's more of, you know, watching TV, you know, because I've been watching, you know, Law & Order. It's one of my favorite shows, and I've been watching that show for years. And you know what? I have gotten really good. There was a certificate 
that they could give us for watching so many episodes of Law & Order, I think I would have like 10 certificates on my wall. <laughs> I'll joking aside though. But one of the things that you learn in these shows is that there's got to be a body. In order for them to bring murder charges against somebody, they need to find a body. If they cannot find a body, then it's really difficult to prove that someone is dead. And so, so family and friends, listen, for 2,000 years, people have been trying to prove that Jesus is dead. And maybe back then it was difficult to try to find the body. But today we have seen, we have, we have amazing technology out there. We have scientists that, that are just have an amazing way of, of discovering things and many things, historical things have been discovered. They found the Titanic for example. I mean, they have found the ruins uh, out there. And I mean, there's a lot of things that have been discovered, but no one has been able to discover the body of Jesus Christ. Think of how so much satisfaction it would bring some of the people out there that don't believe that Jesus is alive. Think of, of the victory the devil would have if they were able to produce a body and then all of us could just close the doors of the church and just go home because, because it would be proven. But no one has been able to find the body. And let me tell you something. Listen up. The reason they cannot find the body, the reason they will never find the body, is because Jesus is not dead. He has been resurrected and he is alive and, and you will never find a body. Let me tell you another thing that I've learned in my training with Law & Order is witnesses make a big difference. When we look at the scripture, when we look at the story, I encourage you to read um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, because it gives you a, a detail there that after Jesus resurrected, he appeared to the disciples. He appeared to the Marys. He appeared to, at one point, over 500 people. Every one of the apostles saw Jesus. And every one of them died a martyr. Every one of them died a, a horrible death except for one because they would not stop preaching about a resurrected Christ. And one of the things that I have learned, and this is true in life, is that you cannot keep a lie going that long when the pressure is on. See, one of the things that I like as, as we're watching the, 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 the show Law & Order is that, you know, there's people that, that lie or try to cover up but the moment it starts getting tight, the moment they start squeezing the individual, the moment that they start bringing up charges, oh, as soon as they start seeing that, that the death penalty, the death sentence is, is an option, boy, they start talking really quick. Right away, they start changing their stories. You know what, I'm not gonna go down. I am not going to, to die for a lie. I'm not going to die for somebody else. And here, every one of the disciples died a horrible death. One was crucified upside down, burned in oil. I don't know anyone that would be sacrificed upside down for a lie. The fact that they saw Jesus impacted their lives so much that they, you were not able to silence them. 
They were out there bringing the good news. And, and, and let me ask you this. Have you and I had that experience that they're not able to silence us? Are you and I good witnesses of a Jesus that has been resurrected, of a Jesus that has, that has been so impactful in our lives? Oh, they didn't have a body. There was plenty of witnesses that saw Jesus alive. And then here's the third one. When, when, when you have those skeptics, and then when they tell you, how do you know that Jesus is alive? Here's, here's the best one that I think you and I can give them. And that is, look at what he's done in my life. I remember there was a time when I first um, started growing and, and reconciling really my faith. And I remember that I would hear people and, and, and some people would, would quote scriptures to me about how this is not right and how you cannot be saved and how, how you know, you, you this and you that. And, and I remember telling them, you know what, I cannot debate scriptures with you. I don't know whether what you're telling me is right or wrong or out of context. I, I don't know that. But what I do know is what God has done in my life. And that you cannot debate with me. What I do know is who I used to be is not who I am today. What I do know is that, that I used to be someone who used to use people, and now I serve people. And the only reason I can do that is by the grace of God is because I live and I serve a resurrected God. Oh, when you heard the things that would come out of my mouth before, and now you hear praise and worship coming out of my mouth, it is only because of the grace of God. See, people cannot debate what God has done in your lives. The best story that you can tell about a resurrected Christ is your story. Are you ready to share that with, with the people that need to hear it? Are you a good witness? They were never able to produce a body. There was plenty of witnesses that were willing to give their lives to change the world, to preach the good news. And then there is you, the most beautiful testimony, the most beautiful work of art of Jesus's grace and power of forgiveness and the power to resurrect our lives. Are you sharing your story are you being a witness in the way you and I live? That is a serious question that we must answer. Here's the third life application point. And I, and I like this piece. It says that they were afraid, but they were filled with joy. Now, how is that possible? How is it possible that they were, they were afraid and yet they were filled with joy? And I think that the, when the most important and the most beautiful moments in our lives can come with both of those emotions. They were excited to see that the story that they thought had, they had seen lived out before their eyes was not over yet. When they saw an empty tomb and when Jesus appeared to them, they were excited, but they were afraid because they didn't know what it was supposed to look like. They didn't know what was going to happen. But yet they were filled with joy because they knew that, that their Messiah was not dead. And, and, and I think today it is, it is okay for us to be able to stand here and say, I am afraid, but I am also filled with joy. I am afraid because I don't know what this is going to look like. You know, um, as I mentioned, Easter would have been one of those times in where our church 
would have been filled. In fact, one of the things that we're already working on is, is how do we move to a bigger space because we have already outgrown this space. And so as I sit here and I look out, I don't, my flesh and my fear wants to see an empty church. But my faith and my God says, no, 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 the church is not empty. I have just knocked down the walls. You are no longer restricted to this space. You are now the church without walls. And in fact, I love, I love so much that I've knocked down all the walls in all the churches. And today, you could say the churches are empty, but yet we are reaching more people than we've ever reached before. It is my prayer that we stand today and as we look at our future full of hope, that it be overwhelming for us, that it be more that we can fathom because the promise of his plans for us is more that we can process at one time during one service by one sermon and beyond just one prayer. Imagine the feeling that, that a new, the new parents get when they're bringing their brand new baby home from the hospital. They are so excited about this brand new life and this gift that God has given them, but they're also so scared because this little baby is so fragile and, and I can hurt it. Imagine how you felt when you met the, life, the love of your life and when, when you went before the Lord to get married. You know, you're so excited because it's a, a brand new journey that you're going to be building together, but you're also afraid because this is so new. You're now meshing two lives together and you are so vulnerable because I'm opening my heart out to you and you can hurt me and I can hurt you. And so we're excited about how the future looks, but we're also afraid. And when the good things in life are going to happen, both of those emotions are going to be present. So today is don't run from that fear. In fact, embrace it. Stand before um, this, your future and say, I, I am not sure what it's going to look like and I'm not supposed to. All I know is that it's going to be amazing. I will conclude with two questions this morning. Have you seen the goodness of Jesus? Because today we have an invitation the same invitation that the angels did to the Marys this morning, the same invitation that is made for you and I. Come, come and see. Have you come and see the goodness of Jesus? And have you gone out to tell? If you've already seen the goodness of Jesus, if you're already saved, if you have been a Christian for years, if you, if you have experienced some amazing things, uh, how God has done in your lives, have you gone out and told others? We live in a world that desperately needs to hear the good news of Jesus. Church, it is for such a time as this that, that we celebrate that Easter today should be the most, the most exciting time because it is, reminds us of the power of the resurrection and the power that you and I as Christians and that the church has to go out and reach lives. Are you out there sharing the good news of Jesus? You know, um, some of you that um, follow me on Facebook know that the, this week I, I, I had a moment. Um, you know, when we first had to shelter in place and we had to cancel services, you know, the first week it was a little difficult. Um, and I remember sitting at home saying, God, I miss, 
I miss our family. I miss our church family. And I remember Mike saying, you know, the interesting thing is it's only been one week. And then when the second week came around, it just became harder. And, and, and it's just has become harder and harder because, you know, it just goes totally against this shelter in place, this social distancing. It comes totally against the nature of a pastor. You know, we, we are told to go and lay hands on people. And now you're telling us to, to stay away. And so, so I was sitting in my deck and I was, you know, having a moment and I remember posting on Facebook, you know, one of the hardest things that I've had to do in ministry has been social distancing. And, and I think some people probably got a little worried when they saw my posting and thought, oh no, uh, pastor might be losing it because I started getting a lot of messages saying, we're right here. You might not see us, but we're right here. Yes, maybe we're, we're not in the same building, but that doesn't mean that we're not still connected. And every message that I received was just a ray of light that I needed in my spirit that day. Every message that I received was saying, it's going to get better. And see, that's the beautiful thing about our faith. Our faith allows us to see beyond this pandemic. One of the things that I love about the ministers at our church is, is that we're, we're encouraging each other. And there's, there's um, ministers that say, this too will pass. In fact, we're already planning on what are the things that we're going to do as we move beyond this thing, because this thing will pass. Are we out there sharing that um, story of comfort and hope? We need to stop with the blaming. We need to stop with the fighting. And Christian, it's time for you and I to take our place and share the good news. He knocked down all the walls in all the churches and we are reaching more people than we have ever reached. But it has to start with you and with me. Have you seen the goodness of Jesus? Have you allowed him to do some amazing things in your life? When you know my story, you know, it's only by the grace of God. And here's an opportunity, an invitation for you to come and see. If you have, it doesn't matter how long you've been coming to church. Have you had that encounter with Jesus? That, that no one would be able to debate what he has done in your life. Allow him, allow him in and allow him to do that change in your life. But it starts with us. You know, one of the one of the songs that I love that, that just ministers to me every time that I hear it is called Clean. And I'm just going to share some of the lyrics with you because I, I think they're powerful and, and they remind me as I was looking at, you know, our witness, our stories. Are we sharing what God has done in our lives? And the lyrics say, I see shattered, yet you see whole. I see broken, but you see beautiful. And you're helping me to believe you're restoring me piece by piece. What was dead now lives again. My heart's beating, beating inside my chest. Oh, I'm coming alive with joy and destiny because you're restoring me piece by piece. Listen, listen to the chorus. The chorus is awesome. There's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. You wash me in mercy. I am clean. That is 
an amazing reminder to us of what God can do in our lives. The invitation is fresh, is open for you and for me today. Come and see, and then go and tell. Church, let's take our place. Let's go out and, and share the good news because people out there need to hear it. The angel says, go and tell them that he's not here. He's, resur he's resurrected, he has risen. And then Jesus tells them, go and tell my brothers to go and they will find me. And church, I will close this, with that, this message with that. Go, go today and you will find him. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you for Easter. We thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you for Resurrection Sunday. And today, Father God, we stand before you and we, and we thank you that we can be honest and, and stand before you and say, yes, yes, I am afraid. Yes, I am afraid because I don't know what's coming next. I, don't, I, I hear the statistics, I hear the reports and they scare us. But today I also am reminded of, of, of my faith and our faith. And I'm reminded that we pray and that we serve a resurrected Christ that says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And we thank you because those words mean, that promise means so much to us today. So as we stand before you, God, in all honesty, naked in our truth, we acknowledge that we are afraid. But we thank you because we know that you did not give us a spirit of fear. And that, that we can claim victory because you are in control. So when we get into those moments of fear, allow us, God, to be able to put that fear in perspective and instead put our eyes on you. We thank you today for, for the changes that you've done in our lives. And today, God, we hear you loud and clear that says, go, go and tell of the good news. Go and tell of the things that you have done in our lives. Go and tell the story that nobody can debate of the goodness, that, that when we think of the goodness of you, Jesus, our heart sings out hallelujah. And today, God, we're excited and filled with joy because we know today, God, that you are doing some amazing things. We thank you for taking us out of our comfort zones. We thank you, God, for showing us possibilities when we didn't think there was any and for allowing us as a Christian community to reach out more people than we had ever done before. We thank you for this promise. And as we close the service, God, I thank you for the tithes and the offerings that are gonna be coming in today. I, I, I lift out the prayer request, God, that we know that you're already working all those out. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. It is my prayer that this message blessed you in a mighty way. And I invite you to go to our website, nb-ccc.org, and let us know how you are doing. Continue to submit your prayer requests. We are a praying church, and it is also your opportunity to submit your tithes and your offerings. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you again next week. God bless you.